I think that's the thing. A lot of people ponder away and get the flip chart and do so many scenarios. And, you know, you have to make things happen. If you watch things happen, someone else will do it. You actually have to make things happen. the Kelly Limber podcast. I'm your host, business mentor, personal brand and style expert on a personal mission to inspire a minimum of five people a day to take action. That is to just do something different or just show up as the best person that they aspire to be. Thank you so much. Again, I know I said it in the last episode, but for all those DMs on Instagram saying that something that you've listened to on one of the podcasts or heard from one of the guests has inspired you to action and to just do something different. So that makes me so happy. If you are one of my five a day, awesome. Please drop a review or come and say hi on Instagram because I'd love to meet you personally. Now, Let me tell you, in this episode, you are not going to be disappointed. I sat down with Donna Benton over a long overdue catch-up to find out what she was up to since selling her final stake in The Entertainer. For those that are unfamiliar with who Donna is, she launched The Entertainer back in 2001, um, basically providing a buy one, get one free offer to the best restaurants cafes, night spots and attractions in Dubai. Now Donna grew the business into different countries using the same model, also expanding her product line. So there was spas, um, beauty treatments um, and hotel accommodation. So the award-winning entertainer app was actually launched in 2013. So it basically transitioned from a print publication to data technology driven firm. And I remember in the old days, for those that also remember when we say the old days, we're talking back in early 2000s, where you would actually carry like the book with you. I always left mine in the car because it was a massive book or you just have to remember you were going to these restaurants or possibly these restaurants. So you had to tear out the little um, voucher and remember and bring it with you. So when the app launched, it was amazing. Now, under her leadership, the entertainer contributed a staggering $1.3 billion to the economy and experienced uh, 25 to 30% growth profit each year. Now, Donna has a couple of new projects on the go now, so stay tuned to find out how this mum of two manages it all. Welcome to the show, Donna. It's great to have you here. Thanks, Kelly. It's great to be here. I love how our paths kind of just cross over each other over the years. I interviewed you back in 2009. Do you remember from my book? Of course, I've still got the book. Do you? And look how far we've come. Wow. And, and um, I was flicking through magazines the other day and you were there at the book launch and everything. Like, it's so nice. So I feel like I've seen your journey and I'm so excited to ask so many questions about, you know, what you're doing now. But maybe for those that don't know who Donna Benton is, which I'm like, where have you been living for the past 10, 15 years? Maybe just give everyone a little bit of a backstory and um, and then we can kind of get, get started. Sure, no problem. Well, hello, everyone. My name is Donna. I'm from Australia. I came to Dubai when I was 26, um, very high level. I came here with $3,000. I came for a job, which fortunately did not work out, and I started a company called The Entertainer. 
And what The Entertainer is, it's a buy one, get one free concept to restaurants, bars, salons, water parks, attractions, etc. So I started that in 2002. Our first book was launched. And basically over 18 years of doing that, we started from one country, we went to 15 um, from one merchant, we went to over 10,000 merchants. I had 300 staff and we put in $1.3 billion into the economy. I, in that time as well, did two acquisitions, one in 2012 where I sold 50% of the company and one two years ago where I sold 85% of the company and during the pandemic I sold the other 15%. Can so that's pretty much high level what I've done. Was that always the plan to sell it all? Um, I didn't, to be honest, Carl, as an entrepreneur, I didn't really have a plan. You know, I think you have to, you have to firstly love what you do. And I did, I, you know, I loved it. I love my staff. I'm very big on company culture. I love the merchants. And eventually, you know, everything has to come to an end. So I knew eventually one day it would have to sell. So I knew the 50% I sold, that was a big decision for me. And I, I did that. They were amazing shareholders and I still had control of the company and we grew. The second one was a little bit more my heartstrings because I was giving away 85%. So, you know, the entertainer was my commercial baby and it's like giving your child away, but it didn't have a heartbeat. Oh, um, So it was a really big decision for me. It just wasn't about the money. It was also about the what next? What am I going to do? Um, where am I going to fit in in the company? Who's going to make the decisions? I don't have a majority. So all of those things came into mind. But for me, it was the right timing. You know, I just got divorced as well. So I had to think of my kids and the future. And it was just the right timing for me to be able to do that. There's so much in that conversation that I want to go back on. <laughs> the company culture. Like I remember coming to your office and then you had the... Um... You had to look like salon in your office. I know. I had a hair salon because, you know, I love company culture, but I thought everyone wants to look nice, you know, and these were my staff. I wanted them to look nice. So if I could provide back to them. So I built this little salon with, and it was great. It was L'Oreal products and everything. (laughs) And as company culture, we gave everybody a free treatment once a month, any time of the day. So it didn't matter. And then I hugely subsidized it where it was, I don't know, 40 dirham for a blow dry, 15 dirham for a manicure or pedicure, but they could only go before work, after work or in their lunch break. So everyone loved the salon. Uh, that was just one thing that, that we did there. What else did you do then? If you're speaking on comp- uh, company culture, like what, what else did you bring in that made the staff that were working there like love it so much and stay with you? Because, uh, you know, I know that you had a lot of employees that were with you for the the whole duration and, and are still there. Yeah. So look, I think it's sometimes not what you do for them. It's also how you are as a person. So you also, you have to earn respect. You don't just get respect. You have to lead by example. And it's all about the team, not about I. So you acknowledge people for one, you know, their names, you know, their kids' names, they're a person, not a number. Mm -hmm. So I was really big on that. We got excited, you know, when we did deals or we signed in merchants, you know, it was just really high energy. We, I acknowledged birthdays, you know, birthday cakes, took people out for dinners when there were celebrations. You know, we did Christmas parties, we did Eid, we did prizes. So there was, there was a lot that we did and a lot we did spasmodically as well. So, yeah, I really love that people love to work there and, and I loved it as well. And I thought, you know, 
even when I had my daughter, I thought, wow, what if other people have kids? So I built a little playroom. So if anyone else had kids, they could bring their babies to work if they needed to. Eventually, when we got bigger, I had to unfortunately cancel that because you could hear all the babies crying while you're on conference calls. But yeah, anything I could do for the staff. I was very fair, but very firm, but fun at the same time. I love it. And in that, uh, the, the last comment you're talking about there, dying to know, what did you do the day you sold 50%? Like, what does someone do when they, they sell 50% of their business? Did you go out? Did you go buy something? Like, what happened? Well, on the first acquisition. And then you can tell um, me the second, because I feel like there's a story there. <laughs> yeah, actually, on my first, I was quite overwhelmed because coming here with $3,000 and then, you know, doing this acquisition, and it took a year to do. So I learned a lot. You know, I'm dealing with basically all men, this private equity company were huge, what, the biggest in the market. And it was, you know, it could be quite intimidating at times, to be honest. So when I did that, it was really, really exciting. But actually, the first thing that I did is I bought my mum and my dad a house. You know, they're not financial. Lovely. They're divorced, so it cost me double. <laughs> but I wanted to give them financial freedom. So I actually bought them a place each to live in for the rest of their lives. And then... I bought my house in Thailand <laughs> as well. Yeah, as a reward. Beautiful. Um, thank you. But to be honest, I didn't really celebrate that much. You know, of course, I went and had some drinks and celebrated and, mm-hmm. and whatnot, but I knew there was still a lot of work to be done, which there was. After every acquisition, I've worked harder than I did before it. So you just, because you want to give back to your shareholders at the same time. So, yes, we celebrated and had friends over and did that, but I didn't do anything extravagant. Um, I did that for my parents and, and bought a house. And I don't even think I bought a new pair of shoes, Kelly, much to your disgrace. What, what happened? <laughs> what happened? And then when you did the 85%, did you do something else different? Yeah, so the 85% was a little bigger. Just a little bit. <laughs> yeah, that, that was a little bigger because it had grown. So I remember I actually, I was going, and I'd actually been through a really rough time personally as well. So I, what I did to actually sign the contract, I bought that. I didn't actually do it in the office. I bought the contract home and I signed it with my kids because that's what I was doing it for, for their future. So I actually signed it with them and they were really excited. And then I had all my best friends over and basically we drank champagne for six, seven hours and celebrated. But um, yeah, again, I didn't do anything. I bought another property with that, I bought Narai. So I'm big on property. Yeah. Um, but again, I didn't really go out and splurge on anything. I financially made myself financially stable and paid off other properties. Um, and I just really enjoyed I went to my close friends' houses for barbecues that week and just did really low-key things and just I just did a lot of reflection. Yeah. So the kids, you know, they've been part of, you know, you're saying you, you did this for them. They've been part of the journey. Like, what do they make of mum, you know, working? Like, I mean, how, when you're bringing children up, they know that you're working full time, that you run a business. How do you, do you adopt them into your entrepreneurial mindset? Like, how does that all work? How do you balance it? Yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty honest with them, with everything. They know, they knew all about entertainer. Chloe, my daughter, she's a little bit older. She's turning 11. Jack's nearly turning eight. So they would have been a bit younger then, but I remember once in Vietnam, we were sitting there at a, at, a, at a pool bar and she met this little friend there and she goes, look, look, that's my mummy's company. And I looked at the board. I'm like, what's she talking about? And it was happy hour, two for one off cocktails. <laughs> 
So she thinks she thought the whole two for one was my company, which was really huge. Um, (laughs) So I tried to teach them along the way and work ethic is really important to me and leading by example. And they, and they know that. So, you know, as Chloe says now, you know, I have Kaha Kapo with the swimwear. I said, oh, darling, and I involved them a lot in it with designs and what they would wear. I said, oh, maybe one day you'll be running Kaha Kapo. And she turned, she goes, no, mummy, I want to run the Benton Group. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so I think that she's got the, she has the entrepreneur in her. I'm not sure about Jack yet. I think he just wants to play football and hang out with his friends. And he's not sure what he wants to do. But I always say to them, I'm there to support you no matter what you do. You have to live your dreams and um, and I'm there to support them. I think something, you know, and especially the mums listening as well, will we'll have that. And certainly through mentoring, it comes up at mum guilt. Like how, mm. how have you dealt with that? Because I'm sure it's something that comes at some point, you know, what, what are some things you've got that you can share? Um, so when they were little, I think you feel more guilty when they're little, when they're babies. But I had this thing in my head, they're never going to remember. <laughs> when they're young, they're never going to remember if you're there or not. And I'm doing this for them. So I compartmentalise very well. And if you think, oh, I'm not there for their bath, or they're never going to remember that. So I obviously would try to be there as much as I could, but I was trying to balance running a global company and being a mum. So we have a really good support at home as well. You know, our nanny's fantastic. You can't do it without them. You know, back home in Australia, you have your family and and friends. But oh, You've got your friends here, but you have your family, but you can't do that here. Yeah. So that was the way I got around it when they were young. And then really now they're a bit older. I try and balance. So I'll always do school drop-off, but I'll do school pick-up where I can. But if I'm being honest, it's probably once every two weeks yeah. that I'll do that. I... The after-school sports, you can't go and watch anyway now, all those after-school activities. So um, I'll get them there. And, you know, I have them every second weekend because their dad has them. And on every second weekend, I just really include and go out with them. I have them full-time during the week. Like, for example, today, Chloe has an interview with that. She's going into high school. So she's coming into the office to do it. And Jack will come as well. So it's really... They've also got to fit into your life, mm-hmm. but you also have to think of them to make do for them in their life. It's got to be a balance. Mm-hmm. But I always believe children can't run your life because you're the parent. Yeah. And I guess, you know, some days that balance is more, you know, 70 30 and Absolutely. 50 50. And, you know, and I guess it's the 50 50 doesn't always work, but the, 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 the balance is the bits in between. Exactly. And, you know, there is no right or wrong. It's whatever works for your family. And what we do works for our family and others it might not, but Mm -hmm. it is what it is. (laughs) And I do everything. I love my kids more than anything in the world. And I'm there for them every step of the way, but I'm also not that stay-home mum. I need to be mentally stimulated and I want to include them in every step of the way as well. And clearly with uh, Chloe wanting to run the Benton group, (laughs) there's been no effects that you weren't there for bath time when she was six months old. Exactly, exactly. She's not going to worry about that. She'll laugh about that now. Yeah. So what are you doing now? I know we've got the swimwear. I saw that you were in Turkey. Like it kind of give give us a a lowdown of the other businesses. And then I want to go into how do you choose these businesses to, to, to work in and set up? 
to do. So, yeah, after entertainer, everyone's like, oh, wow, you can have a rest. Like, yeah, yeah, not for sure, but I need to be mentally active. Mm. So I, um, I started up the Benton Group. So along the way, having entertainer, I'd also done some other investments. You know, I'm a big believer in startups because I remember where I came from. You know, I love helping people that have come from nothing. So I've invested in a few startups Mm -hmm. and I've also then started up some of my own companies again, hence the swimwear with Kaha Kapo. So when I, again, exited, I have these other companies like the Sunset Group, which is hospitality, Dawson Sports, um, the Salon. So property, so I have all this, but I didn't, I wasn't really operational in any of them. And I liked, I I want to be operational. I want to build something up again. So then that's where the swimwear came in that, you know, that excited me. That was passion coming from Australia. I think we're pretty good at swimwear. So, um, so yeah, that was just really the next step for me and to get the right people on board. I was doing it from absolute scratch. I have a shareholder as well, um, Ben, who's also my shareholder in our partner in Dawson Sports. So, yeah, so you can enjoy it with somebody at the same time. And, yeah, we've evolved. We've nearly been going a year now. And it's, yeah, really exciting. I love it. You've got your, I mean, you sell online, but you've also got the, you've got your first first standalone store in Mall of the Emirates. Is that right? Correct. So that's our flagship store. We sell online globally and we're selling in all the Debenhams here. So we also do third party as well. We sell into other countries, like we're in a beautiful department store, luxury in Poland. We're in Russia. Um, we've gone to about 11 countries. So yeah, it's really exciting. To, and You know, the exciting part is even if we sell, a, I don't know, 650 dirham online, you know, it's like, yes, we've, you know, it's another sale. It's back to basics, you know, it's really back to basics. And I, I love it. It's like back to a family environment. So how, how do you know what businesses to invest? Is it that you're just, you're going on, I mean, obviously that there's a business there. How do you choose things that you're passionate in? Or is it that, that there is an opportunity or is it all of that? How do you know you're making the right investment? My first rule is I have to have passion in it. Yeah. If you don't have passion in something, you can't contribute to it at all. So you have to have passion in it for one. And the figures need to work out too. So firstly, I have to enjoy it. Secondly, I do a feasibility and make sure the figures stack up. And then thirdly, I just strike while the iron's hot and you just have to do it. I think that's the thing. A lot of people ponder away and get the flip chart and do so many scenarios and you know, you have to make things happen. If you watch things happen, someone else will do it. You actually have to make things happen. And that's where I'm quite a doer like that. And even now I'm looking at the rest of the year with investments and I've got those planned out and then you just go and do it. Yeah, that's, I mean, I don't think there is a secret formula, to be honest. Everyone hopes there is, but I don't think, I mean, look at you with your company. You know, you'd love it. You just do it and look where you are now. Mm. And mm. Like a gut feeling, right? It's your second brain. Yeah, love it. So I saw pictures recently. You were in Bodrum. So what are you? What are you working on there? So Bodrum's part of the Sunset Group, okay, um, which we're in with the hospitality, and we've started a hotel profile. We've started a hotel company called Met, and Met Bodrum was our first one. So we bought the hotel. They're all five star. It's all very luxury lifestyle living. 
because we are really good at sunset in F&B. So restaurants, that's our industry. So with all our hotels that we'll do now, we'll put all of our F&B in them. But it's, I know, it was beautiful. I would love to take loads of credit for it. I'm an investor, I'm on the board and I give advice. But the operational guys, Antonio and Naz, they're, they're the real rock stars in it, to be honest. But we work as a team and, yeah, it's we have an amazing, amazing management team there and, you know, that's one company that is really going places. And where is next then? So if you're saying that all the F&B, if you've got ideas or where would you like to be next? the hotel yeah we're looking at Mallorca potentially Dubai yeah is another one so we have a hit I'll I'll give you two but there's (laughs) roughly about seven on the seven on the roadmap obviously over three four years yeah 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 so one of the big things that kind of you're talking about throughout your journey you know and, and going into different businesses and this sort of identity piece you know I think people um, struggle with it um, maybe when they have kids or when the kids leave home or when they sell their baby in your business. Oh. How was the identity piece for you? Do you ever lose that? I'm not Donna the entertainer anymore. Like, how did you deal with that? I don't know, to be honest. I didn't really think. I feel like, you know, you're the Jennifer Aniston of Friends. She's always going to be known as Friends and I'm always known as Donna from the entertainer. <laughs> um, it's a bit like I feel like I, it, I'm, I'm stuck in everyone's phone as Kelly the stylist. And I'm like, exactly well, I'm not anymore. I'm not <laughs> Kelly the stylist anymore. <laughs> because everyone remembers you where you started, which is not a bad thing, but it's hard to get out of that. And look, entertainer, I was there for 18 years. So I totally understand and I'll always have a place in my heart. But I have different goals and different dreams. And so look, the identity thing to me, it doesn't, I'm not bothered by that sort of thing. You know, I'm very much, everything I do, whether it be um, social or media, anything, it's really to promote businesses or for the company culture or, you know, I think I'm not worried about myself in, yeah. in anything. I know that you're very much brand and you hate to hear that, but I'm very much, I'll do things to really benefit everyone else, if you if you know what I mean. Like, like for this podcast, I love helping people. And again, that's to, to help, you know, to give advice or whatever it may be. So I know some people go through identity crisis and this was me and what about now? And, yeah. But no, I haven't really found that because I'm, I'm quite humble and down to earth and that doesn't really phase me, to be honest. And it's so good to hear that as well. So people listening, a lot of them have their own business. What are some of the things that you've learned along the way? Like what are some Donna nuggets that you can share with us? Wow. Okay. One of the big, oh, some of the big ones are definitely get your company audited each year. Mm-hmm. If somebody wants to come in and buy it or look at it or invest in it, it's a lot easier for the due diligence process. Yeah. It'll save you a lot of headache in the long run. So definitely do an audit each year. Um, If somebody wants to come in and acquire some of your business, what I personally have learned is you either need to keep majority or you need to sell everything. That's what really works for me because Mm -hmm. as a founder, you're in control. If somebody comes in, if it's 50-50, that's fine. If you're operational, that's fine. But if somebody comes and buys majority, then you don't really have that say anymore. And your vision might be different than theirs. And that's where it could get a bit funny. Mm-hmm. So that would be one thing I've personally learned that 
you can get attached by heart, but sometimes you have to think of it with your head. And when you're not in control anymore and you've founded something, it's very difficult to, I don't know, to, you can't run it if, somebody, if somebody's making other decisions. You take it personally, I suppose. So that's one thing I would really, really look at. Um, look at who you're in partnership with. It's just not about the money. It's mm-hmm. definitely just not about the money. You have to have chemistry. You have to get along. You have to have the same vision. And again, when you're doing, if the process is going through, it doesn't happen overnight. It does take, depending on how big your company is, for both my acquisitions, it took a good year. So don't um, go out and buy your parents' home straight away. Exactly. <laughs> but get the money in the account first. I know. Get a good lawyer. Get a commercial lawyer because, yes, you will get the money for the business, but you also have a lot of warranties and indemnities that come with that. And you don't want anything to bite you in the arse later, to be honest, mm-hmm. where you would have to pay back any of that. Mm-hmm. So everything has to be straight. And you just have to feel comfortable with the deal. Don't just do it for the money. You have to have a vision what you want to do later. And because life's a journey, not a destination. And sometimes once you've sold, you're at that destination. And then it's what do you do then? And then you go and set up lots of other businesses. And then you have to have other ideas about businesses. Exactly. But if you're stuck, well, that's where the problem is. So fortunately for me, I I always have ideas. I love it. I'm always on the go. But it's actually, I'm back in startup mode. I feel like I was in 2001, just with a bit more knowledge. But yeah, that would be my advice for an exit. Yeah. Well, actually, I feel then, so when I sold my business, I did have audited accounts. So I feel like that was a good thing. And it was always such a pain in the neck doing it. But in the beginning, it was a pre, uh, it was a requirement actually of the trade uh, license I was with in those days that I had to do it. And in hindsight, now it actually helped me when I came to sell it because they were all organised. And, and imagine going back all those years doing oh, all the things then. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that was right, a good advantage. I did hire a lawyer and I sold 100% of it. So there's a few. Oh, congratulations. Yeah, we yeah, love yeah. a success story. And the other thing for anyone who wants to sell their business, don't accept anything less than it's worth. You've put your hard work, your dedication, your sweat, and your tears into it. Don't accept anything less than it's worth. So then I would say, don't pull your pants down too quick. <laughs> so then there's a point on that. You know, I know that they, they always say something's only worth what someone's willing to pay for it. I know on paper, you know, you can say, well, it's worth this. But like, how, how do people, I mean, I guess, I suppose just from the facts and figures of the audits or like, how do you also make something worth something? Do you, do you know? Do yeah, you know? It, it, that very much depends on the industry. There's okay. a lot of companies that sell for millions who are making a loss because they're data driven. So it really depends on what it is. So you've got your P&L that you can go by and your multiples, but you also have to look at a little bit of blue skies, as people put it. And look, it depends on the person buying it, how it can benefit them to buy it. Is it going to help one of their companies? So don't get screwed over. That's all I'd say. Yeah, and yeah, really good advice. And and there's something there that, you know, you've, you've always been so good at supporting other small businesses you know during lockdown you had your little campaign that you were support local and you did every day you you bought something from a local business in in the UAE didn't you I did because they've got to survive 
you know, what people didn't realise is, you know, yes, the bigger businesses, you also need to support them because they have more staff, more infantry, more OPEX, et cetera. Mm -hmm. But these small guys as well, they also need supporting. So everyone needed supporting. And I did buy from some bigger companies to startups to SMEs and money makes the world go round. So if everybody just spent maybe 50 dirham, I don't know, every second day that bought something that they needed, then it would help businesses go around and to employ people and people would get their jobs back. And it's it's a vicious circle. So that's why, I, you know, you just try and help where you can. Thank you. And you bought my tipple without the dribble mat. So thank you so much. I did. And I love those mats. And that wasn't even in the 30 days. And that wasn't even in the 30 days. I carried them in my bag. I love them. Yeah. And, you know, I brought them here in Barcelona as well. And I was out in... Um, a rooftop bar the other day and everyone was like what is that and it it, it was perfect perfect oh, perfect perfect nothing worse than wine dripping on your dress I know or on your laptop when you're sitting <laughs> yeah there. exactly no I love that anyone who needs those I highly recommend <laughs> wine man they're very good and very well priced oh, thank you um so do people come to you all the time with business ideas like do you get dms or, or <laughs> what happens how do you manage that I do. I do get a lot of that, to be honest. I get a lot of, can I chat to you for advice or mentoring or investment? And listen, I love helping people and I can where I can, but I'm also running my own businesses as well and have my own staff. And it's just, and I'm multitasking with my kids. And so I really help people where I can, but there's also a limit where I can as well. That's the only thing. And, you know, I love mentoring, but I can't do it every week because I don't have that time. And I need to, I go and work in my shop every Thursday afternoon. You know, I put the uniform on, go and work because I like to see what's selling and what's doing. People look at me weird and go, why are you working in the shop? I'm like, because I want to work in the shop. (laughs) What's been some of the things when you've worked in the shop that's been like a surprise as a customer said something or you've learned something good or bad out of that? Because not everyone, I guess, who comes into the store knows who you are. No, of course not. No, definitely. I think they just think that I'm the Australian manager, which is great. And then I just ask them, I get their feedback on the product. I mean, listen, I've seen so many more breasts and tied tops and seen people naked because they want my advice. Um, Yeah, it's quite bizarre what you actually see in a swimwear shop, to be honest, and what you hear in a swimwear shop. But um, you know, and I'm all about as well, like body confidence. You know, some of these women have got gorgeous figures and they think they're bigger. And I'm like, no, you look great. And I generally think they look great. If I thought something didn't, I would actually say, no, why don't you try something else? I'm very honest as well. But yeah, I I actually get a real buzz out of it because when someone buys something, it's something you've created and it's your brand going out there in the market. So I I really, and I love chatting. I've met um, the Maldives um, president. He came in one day and his <laughs> wife. I, I mean, I've literally chatted to loads of different people. And, yeah, I really enjoy it. Oh, lovely. What's your favourite piece? Uh, like, have you got a favourite swimwear? I love my turquoise one. What, what What's that one called? Do you remember? Uh, that's called the That's called the L. That's okay. called the L. I mean, I'd be lying if I didn't have to say I love the Donna. <laughs> which is a one piece. I love that. But I'm more of a bikini girl. For me, um, it's called the Ainsley top and the Cherie bottom. That's my favourite cut. Um, But I love all of them, but I'm probably a little biased towards the Ainsley and Cherie. 
So do you have that in every color? And the 80, and the 80, which is the bandeau. Ah, okay, perfect. Yeah, which is one of our best sellers. I do have a lot of swimwear now. (laughs) So how can people find more about your businesses, what you do, the swimwear? Like, is it all under one place that you can come to a website or do you share it all on your social media? How can people find out more? Where can they find you? Um, So we have the Benton Group. So we have that as a website. So that's quite corporate. Or they can follow us on Instagram that we put things on. They can follow me personally. And depending on what demographic, if they want more business, then it will be more the Benton Group. If they want a bit of business and a bit of Donna fun to see what I'm doing in lifestyle, that I am normal and I do drink wine and I wear shorts and... I do have bad days. Then you can follow me on my social media. <laughs> I have a question for you, and it's the personal brand piece. And how come you don't have your own website or your own? Platform? Oh, I know. I don't know. I I don't know. I know you would love me to have that, Cal. I know I you could run that. Know. Listen, not that it's an ego thing, but I would feel anyone can come to me for anything. But I would just—I'm not sure the word that I'm looking for here. I wouldn't want to gloat or I'm very, I'm very feet to the ground and just do it and go in the shop and work. But, you know, maybe I should start a blog or I could do things like that, but I wouldn't, I don't know. I'm probably, people think I'm really confident, but I'm a little shy sometimes when it comes to that sort of thing. Well, and it's really good, I think, for people to hear that and see the different sides. And I totally put you on the spot there because I never said I was going to ask you that question. (laughs) But I'm like, I'm dying to know why she doesn't have one. And I'm like, Okay, I'm going to ask it on the podcast. Yeah, and listen, I'm very much a spade to spade. You know, when I sold The Entertainer, I had, which was amazing, I had so many DMs in my Instagram from so many different countries and I literally answered them all myself. I do my own personal Instagram. Nobody does it for me. I'm probably so bad at the filtering and I have no idea sometimes what I'm doing. But, yeah, I really try and get back to everybody. Just even, I think it's just a, a... manners really just to get back and to help where you can and there's a lot I probably do behind the scenes that people wouldn't know but yeah I mean saying that gosh I I, I'm definitely up for answering but I mean yeah I'm happy to maybe if there's enough people that would want to do a blog or a website I'm happy to put it out there but sometimes I think I'm actually not that interesting I think everyone listening would um, disagree with that. But maybe I've planted a little seed to Donna and and who knows where that might uh, might go. Thank you so much for your time today. It was so good to have you. Honey, thank you so much. Thank you for having me anytime. No, brilliant. Just words of wisdom. And it's just always great to connect with you. And um, yeah, just another, what are we now? So that was 2009 when I interviewed you. So... Yeah, we're 12, 12, 12, 12 years on. Gosh, when, when you're back, we'll, um, we'll, get your, we'll get your mats, your glass mats out and we'll have a rosé to celebrate. Oh, sounds perfect. Well, wishing you a fabulous summer. Always great to speak to you. Take care. Thanks, Han. You have a great summer too. Bye.
Thank you so much for being here and listening to this episode today. I'd love to know what inspired you the most. Was there something that was said? Was there a real takeaway that you're like, do you know what? I'm actually going to go away and implement this. Then if there is, head over to Instagram because I hang out there and I really want to hear what is you say. Come and leave me a DM. Tell me the best part or even better, share it with a friend and inspire them too. We are growing weekly and it's all down to you. Thank you so much in advance. Reviewer of the week actually left this message and it made me so happy. Awesome podcast. Every episode gives me an insight into how I can grow my business brand and manage my life around this. Can't wait for the next episode. That was from DKUB2387. So they mean so much. If you haven't left a review yet, then please do head on over to Apple Podcasts, rate and review. And don't forget, be inspired and keep following your dreams. Until next time, bye for now.